Hello and welcome to the JS Bach Files, episode 45. I'm Terence O'Grady, and today we're going to look at two of Bach's cantatas for bass soloist. Bach's greater reliance on works for soloists in his third year in Leipzig may have had something to do with reducing the rehearsal stress on the chorus and other soloists, or it may simply have been his desire to provide solo opportunities for his stronger singers. We're going to begin with BWV 56, Ich will den Kreuzstab gerne tragen, or Gladly I will carry the cross staff, which was a precursor to a sextant and used for navigation at sea. More than one commentator has remarked about the imagery, text, and music of a sea voyage being exploited in this cantata, evident in the opening aria to some extent, but clearly so in the opening recitative and concluding chorale. One of the readings assigned to the day from Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, does make a somewhat cursory reference to Jesus stepping into a boat, crossing over, and coming to his own town. But of course, there are many biblical references to negotiating one's life as a ship buffeted by the waves. One can be found in Paul's fourth letter to the Ephesians, not in the portion designated for the day in question, the 19th Sunday after Trinity, which is verses 22 through 28, but earlier, verse 14, which reads, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. The first movement in G minor and 3-4 time does not make any references to an ocean voyage specifically, but clearly deals with the Christian's life as a journey. The text was written by a librettist identified somewhat uncertainly as Christoph Berkman. As always, we're using Francis Brown's translations from BachCantatas.com. I will gladly bear the crossbeam. It comes from God's dear hand. It leads me after my troubles to God in the promised land. There I shall finally lay my anxiety in the grave. There my Savior himself will wipe away my tears. There is rather little reference to gladness in Bach's musical setting. It is, in fact, rather solemn. It begins with a 16-measure orchestral ritornello, oboes doubling first and second violins. Here's a simplified example showing the opening thematic idea as heard in the second violins and oboes. The theme begins with an ascending triadic arpeggio starting on the fifth of the scale. By the downbeat of the second measure, we've already encountered a significant dramatic gesture as the melody ascends by an augmented second from B-flat to C-sharp, and thereafter up a half-step to D. This sort of melodic motion is by no means unprecedented in Bach's music or the music of his contemporaries, but it is unusual so early within the opening melodic phrase. And the diminished chord that serves to harmonize the C-sharp is without question a disruptive feature that immediately steers the music away from G minor and toward D minor, the key we cadence in just a couple of bars later. 
Also of note is the drooping melodic phrase that follows this initial melodic gesture. It features a series of descending seconds moving down the scale, mostly in eighth notes, that are slurred together in pairs. This sort of melodic idea, especially with these slur marks, are frequently thought to suggest sighing or even tears. As you may have noticed, the melody does, in measure 5, muster a fairly bold ascending leap of a minor sixth, only to gradually sink back down again toward the tonic by means of the descending seconds. These slurred chains of descending seconds are, in fact, rather pervasive and can also be heard in the opening bars in the first violins and oboes and in the viola part as well. Let's hear an actual performance of the entire introductory orchestral ritornello. With everything put together, you'll notice a couple of things. First, the opening thematic idea, presented by the second violins, is imitated up a fourth, starting in measure five, by the first violins. And second, it takes a while before the music actually comes to a cadence in G minor. One more thing about the opening ritornello. Craig Smith, in his always perceptive comments on these cantatas, has made the point that the music, despite its austerity, is remarkably and vividly descriptive of the text. The stumbling bass line is a remarkably realistic depiction of one dragging a heavy cross. I'm not sure I hear a stumbling bass line here, but it does, near the end of the ritornello, exploit the sighing or tears motive I mentioned earlier, and in the last four measures, quotes the first three bars of the main ritornello theme in C minor, rallying in the last two measures to end on the original tonic of G minor. When the bass soloist enters, he does so naturally by quoting the main theme of the ritornello, as presented in second violin and oboe, intact for the first seven measures. Does Bach use any specific word-painting gestures to go along with the generally somber tone? The singular C-sharp note I mentioned earlier on the downbeat of measure 2 lines up precisely with the first syllable of Kreuzstab, variously translated as cross-beam or cross-staff, and the cross lines that constitute the sharp symbol are often seen as representative of the cross. As the text unfolds further, Bach treats the words gladly carry or gladly bear in reference to the cross with an extended melisma on tragen or carry, one that goes on for seven and one-half measures, initially following the shape of the original ritornello melody, but then later extended with a flowing series of eighth notes. Against this melismatic flow, a version of the main ritornello theme is heard again, first in the viola as we move to D minor, and then in violin two, where we move temporarily back to G minor. When the first part of the text is repeated, the word Kreuzstab no longer falls on a sharped note, 
but there is again a long melisma, although different this time, on the word carry. The emphasis to this point would seem to be on the difficulty of carrying one's cross through life. But later, when the text adds, it comes from God's dear hand, we move toward B-flat major, and the vocal line lightens somewhat, even though the accompanying instruments still continue on with the lamenting or sighing motives from before. Here is an excerpt from the entrance of the bass soloist in G minor through the section I just referenced, ending up in B-flat major. The Ricinello returns, somewhat varied and in new keys, including A minor and D minor. The second part of the text is, It leads me after my troubles to God in the promised land. The reference to troubles is given over to minor keys and long melismas, and naturally accompanied by the lamenting motives in the strings. But the reference to the promised land just as naturally occurs within a major key oasis. After another instrumental ritornello, Bach introduces the last part of the text. There I shall finally lay my anxiety in the grave. There my Savior himself will wipe away my tears. This is a clearly contrasting section in C minor, with eighth note triplets abounding in the bass solo and providing something of a lilt, although the lamenting falling seconds are still heard in the upper strings. Here's a little of the beginning of that section. As you may have noticed, we ended up in E-flat major, just temporarily, of course, for the reference to the Savior wiping away my tears. And the triplet lilt and the temporary visit to the major key are among the relatively few hints of cheerfulness to be found in this aria. Because, aside from the text here, it seems reasonable to suggest that Bach, on the whole, felt that life's journey bearing the cross would not be an easy one, but rather one involving struggle. As many commentators have pointed out, the unexpected loss of his young wife and the early death of a number of his children, not to mention his own parents, would have given him that sense fairly early in life. We'll move on now to the recitative that follows, which begins in B-flat major. Here, the sea voyage theme is made explicit with a text, My wandering in the world is like a journey by ship. Grief, suffering, and distress are waves which cover me, and with death 
terrify me each day. But the anchor which holds me is the compassion with which my God often gladdens me. In this way he calls to me, I am with you, I shall neither abandon nor neglect you. And when the sea's raging and foaming comes to an end, then I shall step from the ship unto my city, which is the kingdom of heaven, where with the righteous I, after many tribulations, shall come. The constant sixteenth note arpeggios in the cello are usually seen as symbolic of the waves lapping against the sides of the ship. Bach makes use of some typical word painting gestures here. The references to grief, suffering, and distress are accompanied by diminished chords and descending chromatic lines, and the waves are represented by swirling melismas in the vocal part. When we encounter the reference to God's compassion, which often gladdens me, the musical language eventually becomes somewhat more stable, and we find ourselves securely in E-flat major, at least briefly. The later references to the seas raging and foaming lead us back to a more intense musical style, and the many tribulations are signaled by a quick ascending melisma. Even at the end of the recitative, we're barely on stable ground, but that, of course, is the job assigned to the following aria. Here's the beginning of that recitative. The aria that follows is in B-flat major and common time. Here's the first part of the text. Finally, finally, will my yoke again have to fall away from me, and then I shall get strength in the Lord. Then I shall have an eagle's nature. Then I shall ascend from this earth and run without being weary. If only this could happen today. It begins with an oboe-dominated opening ritornello, which is as optimistic and confident as the opening aria was somber and anxious. The ritornello begins with a rhythmically distinctive melody cascading down the scale, one that actually picks up rhythmic momentum as it spins out in a series of sixteenth notes. The second major motive is introduced in the third measure, also combining sixteenths and eighth notes, but now with an offbeat beginning featuring a lower neighbor figure and moving down the scale in a meandering flow. This second motive becomes even more important as Bach repeats it twice more a step higher, hinting at other tonal centers in the process. The ritornello ends with a long flow of scale-wise sixteenth notes, which return us to the key of B-flat major and introduce the bass soloist.
the bass soloist takes on the oboe's sprightly tune enthusiastically, although he departs from it as soon as the second measure, to spring up an arpeggio at the reference to my yoke, which calls forth a long melisma. Meanwhile, the oboe begins in the second measure after the bass's entrance with a reference to its original melody in imitation of the soloist. From that point on, the two exchange motives with constant reference back to the Ritonello theme, with the second bar of the oboe's original theme becoming particularly important as it's traded back and forth between bass and oboist again and again. Some new motives in the bass part are sprinkled in as well, and another long melisma at the mention of falling away takes us to the end of the soloist's first statement. Endlich, endlich wird mein müssen, wieder von mir weichen müssen. Endlich, endlich wird mein Joch wieder von mir weichen müssen. After a brief instrumental ritornello, a varied repeat of the first part of the text, and another ritornello, we come to the middle section of the aria with the text, and then I shall get great strength in the Lord, then I shall have an eagle's nature, then I shall ascend from this earth and run without becoming weary. We begin this section in G minor with a new descending motive starting on the second half of the first beat and descending in sixteenths. Reaching the lower octave, it springs up a seventh and then curls back down. He employs this motive twice in a row, but then when the text refers to ascending from the earth, a variant of this figure reverses the motion and springs upward. A similar motive is used to illustrate running without becoming weary. For the last line of text, if only this could happen today, a new, more hesitant motive is introduced. Meanwhile, the oboe continues to echo its opening ritornello motive, but also joins with the voice's ascending motive when the text references ascending from the earth. Da krieg ich in dem Herren Kraft, da hab ich Adlers Eigenschaft. Heute, 
The middle section ends on the dominant in G minor, and the da capo sign sends us back to repeat the first section. This very attractive aria is followed by a recitative in common time in a problematic G minor that flows into a more lyrical arioso section in 3-4. The text is, I stand ready and prepared the inheritance of my bliss with longing and yearning to receive from Jesus' hands. How happy I shall be when I shall see the harbor of peace. There I shall finally lay my anxiety into the grave. There my Savior himself will wipe away my tears. The first part of the text is set in a straightforward and unemotional manner, although the reference to longing and yearning is treated with a pair of diminished chords. The big change comes with the reference to the Harbor of Peace, which is expressed by a new series of lilting eighth-note triplets. We're soon back in a minor key, F minor initially, but that's presumably because the singer's anxiety has yet to be taken away. There is some tension until almost the very end, as we move towards C minor, despite the reference to the Savior wiping away my tears but the final chord is given a Picardy third to finish with a more confident major sonority. The cantata closes with Bach's harmonization of a chorale melody, the text of which, by Johann Frank, summarizes all of the main issues quite effectively, especially that of life as a sea journey fraught with anxiety and trouble. Come, O death, you brother of sleep, come and lead me away from here. Release my little ship's rudder, bring me to a safe harbor. Those who will can shun you, you can gladden me much more, since through you I shall come to my most precious, dear Jesus.
We turn now to another cantata for bass soloist that deals with some of the same issues. The cantata BWV 82, Ich habe genug, I have enough, is the most famous of the cantatas for bass soloist and the one most frequently recorded. It was composed for the Feast of Purification for Mary and focuses on the readings from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 32, where he tells of Simeon's great joy at seeing the child Jesus and now, having beheld him, his complete acceptance, even eagerness for death. The opening instrumental ritonello, dominated by the solo oboe, is a remarkable one. Julian Mincham states that the first movement encapsulates the ultimate feeling of resignation as death looms. It's in C minor in 3-8 time, but the harmonies initially seem restless, somewhat akin to the introduction to the St. John Passion, because the violins fluctuate back and forth between expressing the notes of the tonic triad and their lower neighbors, as the bass line descends by step below. The solo oboe enters on the fifth of the scale on the upbeat eighth note to measure three, with a very telling opening gesture, an expressive ascending minor sixth, which leaps up to its target, one embellished by two rapid grace notes, all of this occurring over a lush dissonance in the strings below. But then the oboe pauses as if hesitant, and the violins fill in the melodic activity with a series of three-note motives. Two measures later, the oboe repeats its opening motive and then goes on to a remarkable melody, a series of ornate melismas that weave in and out of dissonances. Here is the first part of the opening ritornello. The bass soloist enters with the first part of the text after the 39-measure ritornello is complete. I have enough. I have taken the Savior, the hope of the righteous, in my eager arms. I have enough. As in the ritornello, the bass soloist begins with the opening phrase, pauses for two measures, and then begins again. The underlying chord progression, including the lush dissonances, is again present while the oboe spins new flowing melismas with some references to the original motives against it. The bass's version of the melody is naturally somewhat less melismatic initially, but it is more obviously unified by repeated motives, and it still employs some of the same dotted rhythm figures and large ascending leaps associated with the opening bars of the ritonello. After the first line is sung three times, the soloist moves on to a more ornate melody with the text, I have taken the Savior, the hope of the righteous. 
but the bass's melody still seems less improvised than the oboe's and is more obviously integrated, including some sequential repetitions, as we move to G minor. Bach then repeats this portion of the text with new melodic ideas, but still featuring repetitions and sequences, while the oboe continues to reply with florid, seemingly improvised lyrical lines against the vocal melody, although even here, familiar motives do pop up from time to time. At the end of that excerpt, you heard the first few measures of the return of the ritonello, after which the bass soloist re-enters with a new part of the text. I have caught sight of him. My faith has pressed Jesus to my heart. Now I wish this very day joyfully to depart from here. I have enough. A listener might expect some significant musical contrast at this point, but in fact we stay in familiar territory for the most part at least melodically speaking, both in the bass's solo line and in the oboes. In fact, one of the relatively few striking new events we encounter is the bass's vigorous melisma on the word joyfully, a common enough ploy in Bach's word-painting vocabulary. Von hinten zu schreien. 
after another ritornello, the same section of text is repeated with some, if not all, of the original thematic ideas presented again. We are then sent back to the beginning of the aria for a final exposure to the opening ritornello. It's really an extraordinary movement. The main thematic ideas presented in the opening ritornello turn out to be virtually inexhaustible, and the interaction between oboe and bass soloist is as intricate and rich as anything found in any of Bach's sacred cantatas. The next movement is a recitative with the text, I have enough, this alone is my consolation, that Jesus might be mine and I his own. In faith I hold him, as I see also with Simeon, the joy of the life to come already. Let us go along with this man. Ah, how I wish that I might from the chains of the body be delivered by the Lord. Ah, how I wish my departure were here. Joyfully, I would say to you, world, I have enough. As in many such recitatives, especially those that mix in arioso passages, we do cover a fair amount of tonal ground in a limited space of time, beginning in A flat, but moving to F minor by the sixth measure, then moving again to C minor, and at the last minute turning it around to end on the dominant of E flat major, where the next movement begins. This recitative is expressive, but in a generally conventional way, with the only melisma of note naturally attached to the word Freuden or joyfully, three measures from the end. But we are going to skip over this recitative and move on to the next aria. It's another extraordinary one, with the text, Rest in sleep, you weary eyes, close with peace and blessing. World, I am staying here no longer. I have indeed no part in you that could benefit my soul. Here, I have to cause misery to myself, but there, there, I shall behold sweet peace, calm rest. The melody from the opening ritonello begins in the first violin with a gentle syncopation befitting a lullaby. It begins on G, the third of the tonic chord in E-flat major, and then immediately moves up a half-step to A-flat, the dissonant seventh of a dominant seventh chord. But this is not the sort of dissonance that evokes tension, but the type that suggests yearning. The dissonant note resolves down by step, and the melody continues down by step to the tonic note. The second bar begins with a more dramatic gesture, an ascending minor seventh to a new but related idea also syncopated in the same short-long-short pattern. Two descending sixteenth notes then serve as a pickup into measures three and four, which present yet another new idea, one also featuring a large ascending leap, after which a string of descending eighth notes, slurred in pairs, return us to the tonic briefly before concluding a step higher. It's not quite as complicated as my description is making it appear. Here's a simplified example, first violin only, of the first four bars.
The next four bars, measures 5 through 8, take the first measure motive and reintroduce it twice more, with second violins doubling the first in parallel thirds. We find ourselves leaning briefly in the direction of A-flat, the key of the subdominant in the first four bars, and we do it again in the second four. Measure 7 turns out to be a variant of measure 3, although tilting in the direction of F minor this time. But when all is said and done, we're back in E-flat major in waiting for the entrance of the bass soloist in measure 9. Since the opening melody is so wonderfully suited to the text, the bass soloist begins by quoting it virtually note for note. After four bars, the soloist briefly adopts a contramelody to the main thematic idea, a variant of which is now lodged in the upper strings. But the bass soon returns to quoting motives from the opening bars, most notably that ascending minor seventh. We pause briefly with a fermata on the dominant chord, and the theme, now starting on the dominant, returns in the upper strings. And the next six bars, once again, have the upper strings and bass soloist trading off motives, or variants of them, from the opening bars of the ritonello. But then we come to another pause, another fermata, this time on a dominant seventh in A-flat major. But Bach turns out not to be that interested in moving into A-flat major after all, and the next two measures return us to the original tonic key of E-flat major, and yet another fermata, the third in the last nine measures. Here's an excerpt beginning with the entrance of the bass soloist. As you heard at the end of my excerpt, the Ritornello melody then returns, again concluding with a fermata. Then the first part of the middle section of the aria begins, employing the text, World, I am staying here no longer. I have indeed no part in you that could benefit my soul. The text is naturally not conducive to a continuation of the gentle lullaby mood of the first section, and so, as we would expect, the section is based on a new key, G minor, and a largely contrasting melodic idea. 
There are still a few hints of the original melodic motives in the vocal line, but in general, the mood is quite different. But although Bach introduces some contrasting new ideas, and the text suggests eagerness to move beyond the suffering and the temptations of the world, there is no anger here, no curt dismissal of life. There remains a certain poignance, a sense of regret, which is very much reinforced by the gentle dissonances which recur, most notably when the bass repeats one motive twice over a descending bass line. As you noticed at the end of my excerpt, we hear a return of the ritornello theme, first by the bass soloist and thereafter shared between the soloist and upper strings. It's certainly not unusual for the middle section of a da capo aria to have two separate parts, but the return of what is virtually the entire first vocal section with its original text between those two parts is unusual. After this reinsertion of the bass's first solo statement, we turn to the second part of the middle section, with the text, Here I have to cause misery to myself, but there, there, I shall behold sweet peace and calm rest. This is not simply a continuation of the first part of the middle section, but at least initially, less poignant and almost bitter in mood. Ironically, the melody's references to the original ritornello theme are much more obvious here, in the vocal line, but particularly in the upper strings, although those initial motives, now presented in F minor, sound far from peaceful. Frieden, 
the final lines of text, but there shall I behold sweet peace and calm rest, obviously demand a return to the lullaby calm of the first section of the aria, which, as you heard, is accomplished in the last four measures of this section. We then follow the da capo indication and repeat the entire first section to bring the aria to a close. It's really an extraordinary aria in many ways, with a depth of atmosphere that is rarely matched within the cantatas. We're going to skip the next brief recitative and take a look at the final aria. The text is, I rejoice in my death. Ah, how I wish it had taken place already. Then I shall escape from all the distress that still binds me to the world. It's a little difficult for most people in the 21st century to relate to this sentiment, although it was certainly common enough in Bach's day, even though expressed here a little more bluntly than usual. At any rate, we're in C minor again, not surprising even for rejoicing, since death is at the very least a serious business, and it would be typical to return to the original key for the final movement. There are two motives in particular that play prominent roles. The first is a series of swiftly ascending 16th notes starting initially from the tonic after an eighth note pickup in 3A time, and then in the second measure, a variant of that pattern starting down a step on the leading tone. Here's a simplified example of the first two bars. The next two measures introduce another important idea, a descending line followed by an ascending arpeggio of the dominant seventh chord. Measures five and six build on that idea, but in a more distinctive version, which begins after an eighth note rest. There are other motives present, of course, but these two account for much of the melodic activity in the opening ritornello. When the bass soloist enters, he begins not with the first motive I mentioned, but with a long melisma on the word rejoice, based on a typical figuration pattern in 16th notes, with the first note of each pattern ascending by step, and finishing with a descending scale pattern. While there were sharp dynamic contrasts in the opening ritonello, the bass's entrance is marked piano and remains at that level for some time. The orchestral accompaniment here is rather distinctive. The strings play chords on beats 1 and 2, and the oboe fills in the gap on beat 3 with a distinctive little lower neighbor figure in 16th notes. But after just eight measures, the entire orchestra takes up the original ritonello theme, while the soloist continues on with a mixture of faster-moving motives and sustained tones, the most notable of which is a sustained low G at the end of the phrase. Here's the bass's opening statement with everything put together. Ich freue mich auf mein 
The orchestra continues on with the Ritonello theme, cadencing in C minor. The bass then re-enters, this time also quoting the Ritonello theme, at least initially, while repeating the first two lines of text. This time our tonal goal is G major, and Bach prepares it at great length as he sits on the dominant chord in that key for several measures before finally resolving it at the end of the bass's statement. Here's the bass's second melodic statement, still using the first two lines of text and ending with a cadence on G. Auf meinen Tod, ach, hätte er sich schon eingefunden. As you heard at the end of my excerpt, the orchestra enters again with the Ritonello theme, this time in G minor. When it finishes, we've arrived at the middle section of the aria with a new text. Then I shall escape from all the distress that still binds me in the world. And a new melodic idea in the bass's solo part. It's not brand new, of course, but it does contain several across-the-bar ties and is, on the whole, more rhythmically flexible. The orchestral accompaniment has not completely abandoned its earlier motives either, although we now tend to hear them inverted as often as we hear them in their original shape. One thing that becomes clear rather quickly is that the music will not stay locked into G minor for long. Bach moves first to B flat major and then, employing sequential repetitions, visits other tonal areas briefly before finally settling into E flat major. <laughs> The second part of the text now having been addressed, Bach then gives us a brief four-bar taste of the Ritonello, after which we return to the opening text and the bass's opening statement, based on the figuration pattern I referred to earlier, back in C minor. In fact, this statement is a virtual repeat of the original, with only minor changes introduced, largely to bring about a close on the tonic C minor rather than on the dominant, as was originally the case. We then close the movement with a final statement of the Ritonello. Here's the final excerpt with the four-bar version of the Ritonello leading to the bass's final statement and the closing Ritonello. Auf meinen Tod, 
hat er sich schon eingefunden, ach hat er sich schon eingefunden. Ich freue mich auf meinen Tod, ach hat er sich schon eingefunden. It's certainly a highly energetic aria, and consistent enough with the message of the text, insofar as eagerness for death can be translated into musical terms. It is on the whole less inventive and singular than the first two arias from the cantata, but then their texts seem to inspire more emotional nuance. And with two extraordinary arias in one cantata, it's still easy to understand why this has been the most popular of Bach's cantatas for bass soloist. That's all for today. For the next episode, we'll take a look at one of Bach's most famous series of keyboard works, The Partitas.